Twist and Shout by Gabriel and Stand By Me, narrated by Lulu Jupiter. Chapter 2 Cass held his drink high as he navigated the crowd. The room were made of nothing but elbows as people pushed past him and into him, the threat of beer being sloshed onto his clothes an all-too-real danger. He jostled past Anna Milton, all long red hair and even longer legs, and she smiled at him, stopping a moment on her way to the back of the house. Kill a party, huh? she said, over the dull drone of people talking and the music flooding from the dining room. Cass nodded, grinning a little using the back of his hand to push his glasses back into place. She giggled and touched the white collar of his shirt, kissing him on his cheek. It's so good to see you out of the library. Finals are torture, she laughed, and Cass shrugged, pulling his drink down to chest level now that he wasn't moving so much. Tell me about it. You think you did okay, she said, stepping closer, and he could smell her perfume and the powder she used on her neck. It stood out on her white skin as delicate film from the heat of the party, and all the bodies packed into the tiny sorority house. He was tempted to wipe away a smudge that hadn't blended correctly out of some absent desire to fix it. I did as well as I could. You? he answered, watching her roll her eyes to the ceiling, moving one shoulder casually. Same, I guess. She suddenly smiled, pushing him slightly. Don't be modest. We all know you aced. Castiel could feel the blush creeping up and colouring his ears but he continued to shrug off the compliment. Well, enough talk about school. I'm glad you're having a good time. She tucked a strand of red hair behind her ear. There's lots of girls here, you know. She pushed him again with her hand and Cass laughed nervously. Yeah, he trailed off, looking around. She was right. There were plenty of girls. Here, she stepped forward and straightened his collar and his tie a little, smoothing her hands over his shoulders. And remember to smile. You could get lucky tonight. I doubt it, Castiel coughed, and she let her hands swing back down by her sides. She gave him a long look and smiled. I don't know, she sing-songed. Come on, for you it'll be like shooting fish in a barrel. Castiel scoffed, taking a sip of beer while she laughed at him. Finishing his swallow, he was just about to open his mouth to say something else, when there was a displaced roar from the front of the house. Several people turned and looked, some fidgeted nervously. An engine gunned, and from the archway to the foyer, Castiel could see a bright beam of yellow light spearing towards the front window. Cops! Someone said, a girl, her voice nervous. A friend shushed her and everyone was quiet. The music pouring out of the dining room seemed louder than ever in the gathered silence. A group of guys moved to the window and, though he could barely see over them, he craned his neck to watch as they crowded around it, their hands on the glass. Who the hell invited him? One of them said, pulling back from the pain to glare behind him at the partygoers. Cass frowned and the engine cut off, the lights going with it. He parked on the lawn. Cass's eyes widened and his mouth fell open. Parked on the lawn? So that was the light he had seen. He felt his pulse quicken. Whoever it was, they had guts parking on a delta lawn in the middle of the night, especially when they apparently were not welcome. I can't believe she did it, Anna said, and Cass turned to see her shaking her head, sighing as she crossed her arms over her chest. She looked at Cass and raised her eyebrows. If you heard it from me, I told her not to tell him about tonight. It's going to be nothing but trouble. Who? Cass asked, looking back to what little he could see from the foyer. You'll see, Anna laughed. And when Cass turned to continue speaking to her, she was already halfway across the room, slipping away into the kitchen. Cass blew a breath out of his mouth and then glanced back to the foyer, still curious. Two girls had replaced the boys at the window and were whispering to each other as he approached. He stared over their heads, but it was too dark to see from his distance what they were looking at. Did you see him? Martha, don't look. I can't help it. He's so bad. Would you look at that bike? Can you even believe it? He and Lisa? They giggled into their hands, attempting to keep their breath from fogging up the glass, and one of them began tugging on their skirt in a little anxiety. Cass's brow furrowed, and he tried to look past one of their heads to understand but all he could manage to make out was a shadowy group of people in front of what must have been the motorcycle they were referring to. It was too dark to tell the model, but the group was really two, four, four fraternity brothers that Castiel knew from school, and one individual a little taller than them, his back angled towards Cass. Castiel blinked and then rolled his eyes as the girls squealed. Do you think they'll fight? Rich looks like he's just spoiling for one. Beth, don't talk like that. If there's a fight, someone will call the police for sure. 
Cass snorted at the conversation and turned away, trying to remember if he would end up in the dining room if he went past the staircase on his left. Someone had changed the album now and the Beatles were filtering through the house. Abandoning any otherwise uninteresting strangers, Castiel made his way past the stairs, itching to dance. He bounced a little on his toe and hummed to the beat as he turned a corner. And excellent. The front parlour had been transformed into a makeshift dance floor. The sofas pushed to another room. One was even outside to make space for people already jammed inside rocking with the music. In the sigh of people, he could see Hester laughing and bobbing her head as a boy whispered something in her ear. She was looking in Cass's direction, though, and he waved and she grinned, lifting her hand to beckon him over. He looked around for a place to set his drink and settled for the mantle, already littered with bottles, and then hurried to her, pardoning himself as he knocked against the dancing people who were too engrossed in the music or their partners to care much. Cass, Hester said, tugging his arm, coaxing him into a twist. He followed her example and soon the two of them were dancing, working into the groove of the group. Oh my gosh, so have you heard? Hester said suddenly in an interlude, pressing herself close to him. Cass bent his ear instinctively to her, still moving his feet as she repeated herself louder. Did you hear? About who came? Cass pulled back and rolled his eyes again, shoving his glasses back up his nose. He really needed to get the frames adjusted. I heard. Who is it? He asked, and Hester gaped at him, her arms swinging in time with the music. You mean you don't know? Well, I mean, I guess it's someone Lisa knows, he continued, barking a laugh, and Hester shook her shoulders in rhythm, even as she gave Cass the most incredulous look he'd ever seen. He frowned, annoyed. You just finished your first year, and you don't even know who Dean Winchester is? Honestly, she huffed. I mean, he's only the top racer in the county, and the cutest repeat offender in the city. I think it's true, he's got a record, but a lot of people think it's just rumours. Cass laughed at her, his curiosity piqued. So, what about him? He teased twisting again. Hester bent closer. Well, you know Lisa and him were together in high school. There's all this scandal about it because he's so bad. And she's a Delta girl, you know? Anna said she told her not to invite him, Cass added. I did know that much. Hester nodded enthusiastically. I'd believe it. A boy like Dean at a Delta party? That's asking for trouble. He parked on the lawn. He did not, she shrieked, blushing. Oh gosh, he's just so bad, don't you think? Did Rich fight him? He said he would if he showed. Those two hate each other. Wait, did you see it? The bike? She grabbed his arm and Cass smiled at her, shrugging. Maybe. Did you, Cass? Did you? It was too dark, he admitted, and Hester let his arm go with a disapproving noise. You awful tease. That bike has won him so much money. He's going to be state champ this year. I just know it. We'll read about him in all the papers, and then he'll win the big cup and take some lucky gal. You're hoping it's you? Cass prodded, stepping closer to her to get out of someone's way. She tossed her head. Not on my life. He's beautiful, but he goes through girls like seasons and all those rumours. No, not on my life. What rumours? He stepped back again, even though Hester held tight to his arm. You mean you haven't heard? Where have you been? She laughed, getting nearer to Cass, her movements slowing so she could get a better look at his face. You really haven't heard? Castiel shook his head and Hester tugged at his arm, dragging him through the waves of people and out, placing them near the stairwell, where it was less crowded. She motioned for him to get closer and he did so, ducking his head so he could hear her more clearly. Apparently he's been raising his little brother since he was a kid himself, and his dad was a deadbeat or something like that. Cass frowned and pulled away, holding his drink at his chest. That's awful. That's what I heard. And people say it's a rumour, but I think it's actually true. Well, if it's true, that doesn't really make it a rumour, does it? Cass didn't say anything, placing his drink on one of the steps behind Hester. Instead, she picked up a cup beside it and held it up to her nose, sniffing and making a face as she put it back. She coaxed him down to her level again and he followed, moving slightly closer. I also heard the reason he and Lisa broke up was because he's homosexual. She whispered it right in his ear and Cass jerked his head back, his eyes wide behind his glasses. She shrugged again. Only rumours again, Cass. Could go either way. Castiel pushed his glasses back onto the bridge of his nose with his finger. Hester smiled and laughed at him and grabbed him by the wrist to drag him back into the mob of people before stopping near the kitchen. Wait right here. I want to get something to drink and then we can dance some more, okay? Yeah, okay. Cass smiled and leaned against the wall, watching the bodies in front of him move along with the music. A few minutes later, Hester came barreling out of the kitchen grabbing Cass by the arm again, surprising him and causing him to jump. Oh my god, Cass, I love this song, she exclaimed. Don't you just love the Beatles? She moved her body and bobbed her head, 
holding Cass's wrist in her hand as she moved with her. Yeah, they're great, he grinned and Hester grinned back. We should go see them one day. Maybe they'll play around here and we can go see them together. That would be cool, but- But you'd rather see Elvis. I know, I know. Jeez, Cass, who are you, my mother? Hey, without him, your precious Lennon never would have gotten over here. Don't be so bitter. Elvis is fine, if you're ancient. Castiel rolled his eyes and moved along with Hester, bobbing his head, and Hester wouldn't stop grinning. But then Cass's attention was drawn elsewhere when he saw someone walk out of the kitchen. Hester stopped when she noticed that Castiel wasn't dancing anymore, and she followed his eyes. <gasps> That's him! She spoke low and jabbed Cass with her elbow, and he snapped his attention to her. Who? Dean Winchester! Oh my god! Isn't he just handsome? Castiel watched as Dean walked through the crowded room, right past them, and he could feel the brush of his leather jacket against his arm, and it sent a sort of chill through his body. Dean continued walking without looking back, and he rounded the corner and disappeared. Hey! Hester waved her hand in front of his face, and he jumped back bumping into someone behind, forcing him to apologise quickly before turning back to face Hester. Hey, you okay? You sort of drifted off there for a moment. Yeah. Yeah, I'm okay, he said, pausing for a moment, pushing his glasses up the bridge of his nose. He looked angry. Rich probably tried to fight him, but he was probably asking for it. I heard he likes to start things, you know? She shrugged and tugged at Cass's sleeve, pouting. Come on, let's keep dancing. This is the only thing keeping me from going insane here. Cass stared at the spot where Dean had turned for a moment longer before nodding and letting his body start to re-acclimatise to the music, his attention back to Hester. Yeah, okay. He smiled and Hester swayed in front of him, moving her arms at his sides, and he matched her motions, keeping beat with the song. It didn't take very long before he had lost himself in the music and the drifting movements of the other people around them. He smiled at Hester and she bit her lip coyly, sneaking his hands to her waist. Cass stalled for a moment when his palms brushed over her dress, his throat growing a little thick. His fingers twitched and he settled them on her body, her own arms coming up over his shoulders. He took a breath and tried to look over her shoulder, even as she tried to peer right in his eyes. He knew how Hester felt about him. She was constantly trying to get him interested and it wasn't her fault. It really wasn't. Cass wished with every part of him that he could reciprocate. He stiffened and kept rocking with her, trying his best to be at ease, but he felt so suddenly clumsy and, even though he didn't trip or anything, he felt supremely out of sync. It was maddening to be so offbeat, and yet he had to keep dancing anyway, regardless of how it felt. It wasn't even like he could explain himself, the reason. Hester was barking up completely the wrong tree. He wanted to just stop her as she experimentally slid her hands over his neck, but he couldn't. He couldn't do anything about it, because he was a boy and she was a beautiful girl and it was a Delta party, and even if he knew the reason, he sure as hell couldn't show it. Hester tilted her head shyly at him and he smiled, and he hoped the pity he felt for her wasn't too obvious. She was one of the best friends he had, and he was desperate not to lose her. Things at school had been going so well, so much better than he'd ever anticipated, and he would do anything not to ruin it like he had at home. He must have frowned because Hester suddenly looked concerned, blinking at him, his gaze zeroing in on her cat eyeliner. She'd been poring over magazines for hours, probably, just to look as good for him as possible, and it made his stomach drop. Something wrong? she said loud enough for him to hear. Oh, no, just, just thinking, he answered quickly, and she giggled, playing with his sweater. You know, you can tell me what's wrong, she continued. No, I really can't, Cass thought desperately but just laughed a little, pushing away from her as the record transitioned into a faster song, one that didn't require any intimate touching. I know, he replied instead, Hester giggling nervously, fiddling with the ends of her hair. She was smoothing it down as she let her eyes drift over the room and she grabbed Cass's arm, her face suddenly scarlet. He's staring right at us, she squeaked, looking up at Cass. Cass furrowed his brow. Who? Dean, she stressed, glancing around Cass's body again. Right at us! I can't even believe it! Oh, oh gosh! Here, quick, switch with me! She babbled, twisting and shoving Cass so that he was standing where she had been previously. He stared at her face, voice incredulous. Esther, I hardly think he's looking right at us, he began. But she wasn't listening, her face bright red. She peered up at Cass, starting to turn her head over her shoulder, but stopping herself. Is he still looking? He was looking right at me! It was horrible! Horrible, Hester, really? Cass teased and he finally lifted his eyes. Is he? Cass sort of moved his head towards the sound of her voice, but only out of reflex. 
He couldn't have done much more. It was frightening, slightly horrible, just like Hester had said. But not entirely. No, it couldn't have been horrible because, while he felt trapped, he didn't want to run. He didn't want it to stop. His heart hammered and he immediately felt his palms start to get clammy as he held his breath. Dean Winchester held his stare and wouldn't let it go, just watching him from the back wall of the room. His one hand fiddling with a bottle cap, the other holding a beer, and Cass finally remembered to inhale, and he smiled. Small. Cass's lips felt uncomfortably dry. He was just about to dart his tongue out to soothe them when Dean finally broke the contact, his eyes flitting to Hester and then right back to Cass with no time for any sort of recovery. Cass! Cass opened his mouth to say something, and he could feel Hester digging her nails into his sweater, but it was like he was experiencing it from very far away. Dean raised the beer to his mouth and took a pull from it before lowering it and giving Cass a deeper smile, the corners of his mouth digging into his cheeks. Cass's fingers twitched and Dean stepped forward from the wall. Cass immediately feared that he was going to come straight for him, but Dean walked around the other side of the room instead. Cass followed every step, still reeling, waiting for the young man to stop and turn around and... Cass's imagination didn't get any further than that. When did Lisa come in here? Hester whispered, and Cass found reality piling down on him as he thrust back into the moment. Lisa. He saw where Dean stood now, and there she was in her yellow party dress, her dark hair layering perfectly on her perfect shoulders and Dean was leaning his arm over her on the wall, smiling down at her bright face. Cass blinked at the sight of Dean grinning at her. She smiled, moving the half-cover of her red lips with her hand, and whispered something into Dean's ear before catching Cass's eye and holding for a moment. He watched Dean shift backwards and look over his shoulder. He winked. Cass's whole face ignited and Hester scoffed. You winked at me, she breathed, scandalised, and Cass shook his head briefly, trying to clear his thoughts but his brain was too cloudy in the loud room with so many people. You're flushed red, Cass. Are you too hot? Hester asked, and Cass pushed her hand gently before she could start her worried touching. Yeah, he rasped, willing himself not to look at Dean again. Yeah, he coughed, lightly into his hand. I think I'm gonna go, he mumbled, and Hester put her arm back by her side, confused. Cass, really? It's only eleven o'clock. Oh, really? He felt dazed, already trying to wade through the crowd. Hester followed him. Cass, who's going to walk me home? She called, trying to catch up with him, stopping at the door to the house, hand on the doorframe. Sorry, Hester, I'm not feeling well, he muttered, and she sagged. Cass, you know, that's not fair. You said you'd walk me home. Something's all funny about this. It's just stress, he insisted, standing on the front walk, her suspicion of him too much of a worry to leave hanging. Finals, really, Hester, you know how hard I was working. I guess it just sort of hit me. Hester stared at him for a long moment and seamed her lips together. Get some rest then, she said blandly, after a moment, and Cass smiled half-heartedly, glad to hear she was simply unimpressed with him and not accusing him of anything. I'll tell Anna you left. I'll just stay here for the night. That's a good idea, Cass finished. He waited for her to go inside after a brief goodnight kiss on her cheek that had her blushing too hard for him to be comfortable, and then he started up the walk again. He paused for a moment, looking at the bike still parked on the lawn. He took a sharp breath, eyes roaming from the handles and the seat, and then began the long trek to his apartment off campus. He hated the commute, and his apartment wasn't so much an apartment as a hole in a leaking wall, but it was better than being at the mercy of the guys in the dorms. He'd had enough of being teased as a kid, and he wasn't about to make his venture into adult life as bad as elementary school if he had anything to say about it. Besides, he liked the privacy. No one to stare at him to try and figure anything out. Just him and the endless studying he did to keep his dreams of being a doctor alive. He shoved his hands in his pockets and tried to think of something other than Dean's eyes, or the sharp curve of his jaw, or the way that his shoulders were set when he was at ease, or how he had never felt the bolt of lightning shooting down his spine the moment they looked at each other with any other human being in his entire life. It was living with that Lou Christie song, all his life he'd heard about chemistry, and he thought he'd had it once or twice, but it was obvious he was very, very wrong. Forget looking angry. Dean Winchester was positively predatory. He walked down the sidewalk, the only light coming from the streetlights lining the road, and the occasional car passing by. Headlights streaking past and flashing in his face, blinding him for a moment before he was able to see again. The cool air of the night blew past and nipped at his skin, and he tugged his hands out of his pockets to pull the sleeves over his fingers, crossing his arms over his chest, 
He passed a couple of people on his way home, a small group of men and women making their way towards the Delta house, towards the party, back where Dean was, probably still talking to Lisa. It shouldn't bother him that much, and he tried to ignore the small sinking feeling he got when he thought about Dean speaking with Lisa, leaned against the wall and smiling down at her. He breathed and walked towards his apartment, kicking at stones on the sidewalk, watching as they veered off and landed on the grass. He walked on, passing lamppost after lamppost, and after a small group of people, there was no one else in sight. It was lonely, and a little frightening, to be walking home by himself in the dark. But he could handle this. Plus, it wasn't too far from his place, and if he quickened his pace, he could make it there in no time. The streets were quiet, and Castiel pulled his arms closer to his body, stopping for a brief moment to look behind him, before he turned around and started walking again. Okay, so he was nervous, but you would be too if you had to walk home by yourself in the middle of the night. He laughed softly, shaking his head and started to hum, attempting to keep himself busy and worry-free. Well, shake it up, baby, now, he began to sing, but before he could any further, he was interrupted by the roar of an engine that nearly had him jumping out of his shoes. He stepped abruptly and turned on his heels, his eyes first meeting a wheel, and as they turned, they travelled up the more he recognised. It was a motorcycle, the colour dark, but he also recognised who was on it. His eyes continued up and he stopped when he reached the face and even in the full light of a street lamp he could see the green eyes of Dean Winchester. Need a ride? He spoke loud enough to be heard over the engine and Cass blinked looking around him before looking back at Dean. Yeah, you. You're the only one standing there. Immediately Cass could feel his face grow hot and he looked down at the ground, taking a step back. No, no, that's okay. What? Dean planted both feet on the ground and cut the engine, sitting low in the seat. I couldn't hear you. I said no. That's okay. I can walk home on my own, thank you. Castiel turned and shoved his hands in his pockets, but he only made it a few steps until he stopped. Wait! Dean shouted after him and Cass turned around. Come on, it's pretty lonely out here and walking home alone is a bummer. You shouldn't trust this guy because he only just saw him at the party and he'd never talked to him before. But there he was, offering him a ride on that fancy, famous bike of his. Castiel shifted on his feet, worrying his bottom lip between his teeth before nodding and taking a step forward. And Dean grinned, the most wolfish thing that Castiel had ever seen in his life, and started up the engine of the motorcycle as Castiel threw his leg over the back and seated himself behind him. Hang on! Tentatively, Castiel wrapped his arms around Dean's middle and held on as Dean revved the engine and kicked off, sending them flying down the street. Castiel, remembering with horror that he had never been on a motorcycle before, he'd just gotten on. He hadn't thought much about it, really, but he had never been on one before this moment. He squeezed his arms tighter as they lurched forward and it was obvious that Dean wasn't paying much attention to the speed limit. Relax, he said over his shoulder as they crossed an intersection, still smiling a little, and Cass grimaced swallowing as he let the tension in his shoulders go. He slid his hands back a little, hovering right by Dean's waist, just above the hem of his jacket. He felt Dean's sides jump as he laughed, probably at him, and he leaned into a turn, Cass trying his best not to freak out about how close it felt like they were falling. Under his fright, there was a hint of exhilaration, though, something fluttering and new. Dean was so at ease. They hadn't said hardly two words to each other, but Dean either didn't care or was too practiced with giving random lifts to people to be bothered. By the time Cass realised they had gone way past his apartment, he was too caught up in the moment to speak up about it. At some point, he vaguely understood that Dean probably had no intention of taking him back to his apartment in the first place. His heart jumped in his chest and his breath caught at the implications. He licked his lips nervously and let his fingers skim under Dean's jacket. He felt Dean chuckle more than he heard it, and Cass stalled his movements, shocked when Dean leaned into the touch. Cass felt the firm muscle under his palm and tried to look at anything around them to keep himself from blushing. He'd never touched another person like that. Not like this. Not with the butterflies swelling so much in his stomach that he thought they'd burst out of his mouth and fly away. He watched the building streak past. If people followed them with their eyes, it was only for a moment before they kept walking or driving. In a random burst of anxiety, Cass worried that someone would recognise them only to calm himself with the understanding that it was too dark and they were probably going too fast anyway. Besides, all the people who knew him were back at the Delta house. Here he was with Dean Winchester, who didn't know him at all, 
who last he had seen and who had been acting extremely interested in Lisa Braden, was now taking him somewhere on the back of his motorcycle. A second later, he felt them slow down, coasting to a stop beside a lit diner that he had been to maybe once before with a few friends when they had ventured this far into the city. Cass didn't understand. He had thought. He blushed, and Dean cut the engine, turning around, eyebrows raised. I don't know about you, but I could go for a milkshake, Dean said, grinning, and Cass tried to swallow the lump in his throat again. But pardon, he replied, and Dean smiled wider. Wilder, if that was even possible. A milkshake? You know what that is, right? Dean laughed at him, green eyes searching his face. Cass felt his face heat up even more as, uh, I'm sorry, I, I don't really have any money. Cass stammered and Dean waved him off, shoving his keys into his pockets. Good thing I plan on paying, Dean sighed, holding an arm out at the curb. After you? Cass reluctantly climbed off of the bike, trying not to squeeze too hard when he used Dean's shoulder for balance. He stood a foot or so from him, watching as Dean stood, humming to himself. He oozed confidence, and Cass had to try his best not to just check him out every time he got the chance. Dean just smirked, pulling a cigarette from a pack stowed in his jacket. The matches balanced in the other hand. He lit up and took a pull, offering it to Cass, as they stood right outside the diner, the lights from inside casting shadows on the street. You smoke? Not really, Cass replied. Dean shrugged and surged ahead, still humming to himself, singing a little under his breath. Cass followed behind him, the bell above the diner door jingling as they entered. Ellen! Dean called, and a woman turned behind the counter, smiling at him. Well, look who the cat dragged in, she said, pouring coffee into the mug of the man hunched over the sports section of that day's paper. Cass fidgeted with his sweater as Ellen's eyes slid over him and then back to Dean, questioning. The usual? she asked, but her voice held a tone that Cass knew was asking more than that. Dean smiled at her, not bothered in the least, and then looked at Cass, waving him forward. Two, please, he responded and then he indicated for Cass to follow him to the booth, towards the back, Dean sliding in on one side and Cass sliding in on the other. Joe working tonight? Dean said to Ellen, leaning back, tapping his smoke out on an ashtray by the window. Cass watched him, astounded that Dean hadn't even asked for his name, but was buying him a usual. Nah, she's off. I'll have that right out for you boys. Ellen trailed off, jotting something down and going through to the kitchen to put their order in. Dean smiled and brought his cigarette back up to his mouth finally turning his eyes to Cass. Cass took a deep breath and twisted his hands together in his lap. You like this place? Food's great, Dean started, blowing smoke out of the side of his mouth. Cass nodded. I've been here before, he replied shortly, suddenly irritated with how presumptuous the whole thing was. He just wanted a ride home, and now he was out of his comfort zone, and the idiot smiling at him was to blame. Have you? Dean laughed. Well, then you know. I guess. Dean looked at him with hooded, lazy regard eyes smoothing over Cass's face and then down to where the table cut his torso off. Cass cleared his throat and Dean flicked his eyes back up to him. You know about me? Dean said all at once. His smirk back, careless and curious. He pulled on his cigarette and Cass shifted a little, glancing at the window. Not much, really. That's surprising, Dean exclaimed, a little more animated. Most people know all about me, especially if they're at a Delta party. But you don't look like the usual. You must live in the library. I'm studying to become a doctor, Cass interjected, and Dean grinned, bared his teeth, almost like he was impressed or something. There was a pause, and Cass counted the grains of salt spilled on the table, distracting himself from Dean's eyes, until Dean leaned forward, palming his chin. So, are you queer? Cass's face shot up and he inhaled sharply, staring at Dean, who was smiling softly at him. Cass glanced away, his cheeks no doubt stained with red. So, what if I am? he whispered and he couldn't believe he'd actually said it out loud. To Dean Winchester, of all people. Fuck, he was stupid. There was no reason for him to admit that. But Dean didn't look offended. He didn't even look excited about it. It was as if he'd asked what classes Cass was taking, or what records he'd listened to. Fuck, he was stupid. Dean nodded and shrugged. I figured. Last time someone looked at me like that, at least, as I got laid. Cass's eyes widened. I don't even know you, he hissed. I was just trying to walk home, and you picked me up, and now I'm buying you a milkshake, Dean finished for him. And fries too. He tapped his cigarette out. Pretty good for a first date, if you ask me. What? First date? Cass choked out, turning to look at Dean with wide eyes, his mouth hanging open. 
Dean only grinned at him, shrugging again. First date. He said it so matter-of-factly, like this was the only reason why he'd offered Cass a ride. Just so that he could take him to this diner and buy him some french fries and a milkshake and then claim it was their first date. They didn't even know each other. Cass only knew about Dean from what Hester had told him back at the party, and Dean hadn't even asked for his name yet. You don't even know my name. Then tell me. Castiel narrowed his eyes and leaned back in his seat, but Dean didn't falter at all. He just sat there watching Castiel. The way Dean was staring at him made him nervous and his voice faltered as he spoke. Castiel? Castiel, Dean repeated easily, rolling his name off of his tongue. And the way that he said it sent chills down Castiel's spine. It made his cheeks glow red and butterflies flood around in his stomach. So this is why you picked me up. To bring me to a diner to get a milkshake and some fries. Basically. Dean leaned back in his seat too, and he just looked so nonchalant, like he didn't have a care in the world. He didn't seem to care about being out in public with Cass, buying him food and claiming this to be their first date out loud. I saw you at the party and you looked, well, interesting, but then you left before I could talk to you. I was going to let you go, but I figured, hey, why not? You only live once, right? You weren't even planning on taking me home, were you? Not yet. Castiel laughed softly, shaking his head as he turned back to look outside of the window. The streetlights were barely illuminating, the sidewalk and a car passed by. That's not how you ask to take someone out. What? And this time Dean faltered. It's better to ask politely, not offer them a ride home and then just not take them home. Well, I am actually planning to take you home afterwards, if that makes you feel better. I don't think that counts. Dee didn't say anything for a few moments and Castiel turned to look at him again, smiling softly when he saw that Dean had his mouth slightly agape as if he didn't know what to say. But you know, this is kind of nice. I was pretty hungry anyway. Castiel shrugged and Dean straightened up, grinning the way he had been before, bordering on feral. Castiel pushed his glasses up with his finger and tapped his nails on the formica, a tense silence falling over them. So tell me, Castiel, what's your story? Dean asked after a moment, jamming the remainder of his cigarette into the ashtray, one arm thrown over the back of the booth. He tilted his head at Castiel, inclining him to speak. Castiel stopped drumming on the tabletop and tried to think of something to say. He wasn't really the kind of person with a story. He was just going to school. He was going to become a doctor. He lived alone in a shitty apartment and pretended to touch girls at parties. This is probably the most interesting thing that had ever happened to him, so he supposed he might as well tell the truth. I'm sitting at a booth with you and this is the first time that has ever happened, he began, noting the way Dean's eyebrows shot up. Ever. Dean huffed and squinted at him. Don't tell me this is your first date, ever. Castiel stared at Dean despite the flush rising up his collar. Dean's eyes widened. You're kidding. Face like yours. Castiel remained silent and Dean covered his mouth with his hand, chuckling and looking at the counter for a few seconds. Well, damn, he said into his palm, looking back at Castiel, his smile peeking out behind his fingers. Guess that makes me kind of special, huh? Castiel rolled his eyes and crossed his arms. Just because it's my first date doesn't mean I'm an idiot. I could have had my first date with anybody, he growled, and Dean leaned forward, elbows on the table, slowly entering Castiel's orbit. Oh, I'm sure you were the pick of the litter with all the girls. You've got that blue blood look. Too bad you weren't interested. Castiel opened his mouth, but just as he was about to retort, a milkshake and a plate of fries were sat down at the table. Behave yourself and sit up, Ellen said, slapping Dean lightly on the shoulder before she smiled at Castiel. Don't worry, hun, he's all bark and no bite. For a moment, Castiel was stunned at having been interrupted, but soon relief washed over him because he really was not in the mood for arguing at the moment, especially with Dean Winchester, who was already starting to get under his skin. He quietly thanked Ellen, pulling his milkshake closer and staring down at the tabletop, because what if she had heard what they were talking about? She seemed down to earth enough, so maybe she didn't care, but he'd been wrong about that sort of thing before. I mean a Dean, Ellen warned, placing her hands on her hips and staring down at Dean as he pulled his milkshake towards him, staring up at Ellen with a sort of sheepish grin. If I see you causing any trouble, I'm not letting you in here anymore. Okay, okay, Dean grumbled, pushing his straw around in his milkshake, taking a sip from it. I'll behave myself. You better. She turned to Castiel and smiled at him. He smiled nervously back before she turned around and walked through the doors back into the kitchen. Castiel turned his attention back to Dean, only to find that Dean was staring directly at him, his eyes falling to rest on his lips, which were casually poised over his straw. Castiel jerked back and Dean laughed. Oh, don't mind me. Just enjoy your milkshake. 
Dean pulled the fry from the plate and pushed it between his lips, chewing it slowly, his eyes never leaving Castiel. And Castiel awkwardly put his lips around his straw, looking anywhere but Dean. The sight had to have been hilarious, but really, he didn't give a damn. So, Dean started pushing another fry into his mouth. Have you lived in California your whole life, or did you just move here for school? Why are you talking with food in your mouth? What? It's disgusting. Castiel looked up at him, pushing his glasses up, and Dean swallowed, staring down at him. Happy? Are you going to answer my question? Yes. I've lived here my entire life. He moved the straw around in his glass, pushing the whipped cream further down into the milkshake, mixing it up. I'm planning on leaving when I graduate, though. Oh, where to? The East Coast, maybe? I don't know. New York's always seemed interesting. New York? Pretty expensive up there. And it snows a lot, I heard. It snows here, too. And Dean blushed, actually blushed, and Cass couldn't help but laugh. Yeah, well, whatever. Castiel picked up a fry and chewed at it, humming softly. So what are you planning on doing? Dean sipped at his milkshake, pushing it away afterward. Nothing, really. Well, hoping to go pro with the whole racing thing. I am pretty good at it, after all. Yeah? Yeah. And I'm really wanting to buy a better place when I save up enough money. That is, after I send my brother to school, he's been going on and on about wanting to become a lawyer. Castiel found himself perceiving Dean with a soft sense of surprise. He didn't think that Dean Winchester was that kind of person. Hester had mentioned him taking care of his brother, but sending said brother to law school? That was a commitment. What's your brother like? Cass continued, still twirling the fry in his fingers, watching Dean after taking another bite. Sammy? Dean said, his eyes lit from the inside out at the name. He's a good kid. Real good kid. Smart. He trailed off, taking a fry and dipping it into his milkshake, considering the combination before eating it in one go. Well, you know, smarter than me. But that ain't so hard. He shook his sleeve out and took his fries two at a time from that point on, always swiping a bit of milkshake onto them. Cass snorted at the action and let himself have another sip of his own drink. What about you? Dean continued between helpings. You got family? Cass pecked at his plate nervously before sighing at the question. He flicked a grain of salt off the table while he went about forming a decent answer to the query. Not exactly, he began, reaching to pull a napkin out of the dispenser and wipe his hands with it. He heard the sound of Dean eating and the buzz of the light overhead and the metallic clank of someone putting quarters into the jukebox at the back of the restaurant. The melancholy sound of a man's voice on the radio speaking in the nighttime slowness about the war slowly faded out. The needle scratched on the record and some old Julie London song came on, filling the diner with a sweeping, sad sound. I mean, I do, Cass spoke, trying to explain, but failing at it. But we don't talk. "'Cause you like men,' Dean said seriously, the tone of his voice countered by him biting off the cherry on his milkshake. Cass, without thinking, put his own on a napkin and slid it across to him, watching as he bit that too, laying the stems side by side. "'Yes,' his voice was quieter than it had been. He stared at the stems and subsequently Dean's fingers, where they rested nearby, noticing the calluses he had and the slightly more tanned area of skin caused by his gloves. Dean lit another cigarette and drew on it, the smoke floating across the table where Cass waved it away with the back of his hand. Dean didn't respond and Cass didn't continue and Cass was glad for the cleansing silence. You done? Dean mumbled around his smoke, gesturing at Cass's half-finished food. Cass smiled, shaking off the dull sense of hurt from thoughts of his family, focusing instead on Dean. His heart thudded a little with that spark of attraction and his mouth felt too dry and there was that strange leftover taste of sugar on his teeth. Are you bored with me? he teased, unable to keep the slight tremble from his voice, watching Dean pull out his wallet and leave a few bills tucked under a plate. Dean smirked but remained silent, standing up. Cass followed the movement, his knee knocking awkwardly at the edge of the table. Ellen wasn't at the counter, some other waitress was, and Dean didn't bother saying goodbye to her and made his way out of the diner instead, the bell jangling. It was being so quiet, and it made Castiel uneasy. Had he done something wrong? He probably shouldn't have mentioned his family like that. Dean's own dad was some kind of deadbeat, right? Maybe he should have been more sensitive, lied or something. Cass felt the chilly, damp air hit him and his stomach flopped. That had been his first date, and judging by his host's silence, it had gone just swimmingly. Cass stopped walking when Dean didn't immediately go to his motorcycle. Maybe the date wasn't over. He froze. The implication rose up around him, like the smoke pillowing from Dean's cigarette. His shoes crunched on the concrete as he towed at it and he swallowed thickly. 
Dean pushed one of his hands into his pockets, gazing at him, his face illuminated by the diner's neon sign. You sure you don't want to smoke? I have plenty. Dean broke the quiet and Cass shook his head. No. Dean grinned at him, the end of the cigarette glowing dull red. If you really want to know why I brought you here, it's because I wanted to see what you'd do. Cass blushed, hoping the shadow of the diner covered it. What was I going to do? Cass responded. It's not like you did anything unsavory. You took me to a diner. Dean tilted his head back laughing and dropped his smoke, stubbing it out with the toe of his boot. Unsavory. His eyebrows rose. Did you think I was going to be unsavory? Cass didn't say anything immediately, blushed darkening, and Dean laughed again, harder this time. Cass was feeling panicky and cornered by the sound of it, and his chest was tight from the embarrassment, his face hot. You thought I was going to take you home with me or something, didn't you? Oh, I can see it, I bet you did. Oh, I'm sorry, baby, not tonight. He cackled, utterly amused, it seemed, by Cass's ignorance. I didn't ask you for a ride, Cass grit out. You asked me, you jackass. He watched for some sign of remorse, but Dean just laughed harder, and Castiel was not going to be made a fool of by someone who barely knew him. He shook out his fists and pulled out his own wallet, picking out a bill and crumpling it furiously. He walked forward and shoved it at Dean's chest. Here's for gas and for a shitty milkshake. Hope you're proud of yourself. You really know how to treat someone. Dean seemed to scramble for a moment, his laughter cut off and replaced by a sharp, hey, as he attempted to grab the money almost dropping it as Cass turned and started walking in the other direction. Idiot. He was a fucking idiot, and Dean Winchester was an even bigger idiot. He'd just wasted time he could have spent sleeping. He'd been up all week studying, and this was going to be his night for a break. Not a night to get patronised by some pro-motorcycle wannabe wearing tight jeans and some kind of beautiful smile. He was smarter than that, and Dean Winchester was trouble, and the attraction he felt was just a side effect of his distrust. He was sure. His heart was skipping beats because Dean was an asshole, not because he was someone worth getting on the back of a motorcycle for. Hey, Dean called, and Cass heard the thump of his boots as he walked up the sidewalk, trying to catch up, cursing under his breath as he backtracked. The engine of the motorcycle ripped through the dark, but Cass kept walking, even as he heard Dean slide out onto the empty street, speeding up and walking his bike alongside the curb, keeping one eye on oncoming traffic and the other on Cass. Cass stopped and stared at him. You're on the wrong side of the road, Cass shouted, crossing his arms and Dean stalled, staring at him, still keeping a watch for cars. You're going to get yourself killed. Yeah, well, I wanted to explain, Dean called back. Besides, I probably deserve to get hit, he continued, relaxing when he saw the streets were still clear. Because I know I'm a dick, okay? I shouldn't have said that. But you're cute and I don't know. He trailed off and looked shyly down the street. Cass swallowed, arms tightening over his chest. You don't know what? It's, it's been a while, okay? He glanced back at Cass. It's been a while since I've been interested in someone and, and you're really cute. You're really cute and when you're all worked up, you're even more cute and, I don't know, it's just been a while. He shrugged pathetically and then put his hand on his head, petting his hair nervously, still looking down at his speedometer. Cass took a deep breath and fidgeted. You were rude. I know. I'm sorry. Cass squinted and he could tell that Dean was being sincere. His eyes said it. He deflated a little, scuffing his shoe on the sidewalk. I, I know I fucked up, but can I ask you something? Dean said, leaning back on his bike, and when Cass looked up again, Dean was back to smiling, though it wasn't nearly as confident. Sure, Cass conceded with hesitation. Come here. Cass took a few steps forward. I don't bite. Come closer. Dean laughed, and Cass worried the inside of his cheek, moving up alongside the rumbling motorcycle. I want to make it up to you. Tingles slithered up Cass's skin at the proximity, from the base of his skull to the weak spot at the back of his knees. You wanna... Cass exhaled, trying to remember what he was going to say, but the words got lost in his eyes, roamed over Dean's chest and down toward his pelvis. His body felt strange and cottony, with that frightening thrill again. Dean didn't waste time with explanations, his curious fingers doing most of the talking as they played with the buttons of Cass's sweater, walking up his stomach that jumped under the touch. Dean's eyes followed his fingers all the way to Cass's neck, where he tugged at the collar of his undershirt. You ever kissed a boy before? Cass stopped breathing, staring at Dean's face for an immeasurable moment. He saw the question swimming in front of him, and he had figured this was where this was going, but 
just like every time before it didn't hit him until it was staring him down. His first kiss. God, he'd been oblivious to it until the other boy's mouth had been on his. He nodded once, and the gravity of the question, the growl in Dean's voice, seemed to roll over him in a delayed wave. His eyes went heavenward and Dean tugged at his tie, pulling him closer, down towards his mouth. It's been a while, he stuttered, attempting to be funny and mimic Dean's excuse from earlier. God, it had been. Not since high school, he thought. His thoughts started to scatter, his eyes still on the sky above them, until a hand tilted his chin down. Relax, it's just like riding a bike, Dean hushed, kissing the corner of his mouth, and Cass exhaled sharply, attempting to let the tension in his shoulders go. Just... Cass breathed and Dean pulled away enough to look at his face, his eyes unnaturally bright in the dark. You don't... No, Cass blurted out a little too loudly. I mean... I mean, yes, I, I mean... Dean stared at him questioningly. I do, I, I do, I, I do. He shook his head. Dean was so attractive, it was really unfair. Just not here. Anybody, anybody could see. Dean looked past him at the alley between buildings, and after a moment of consideration nodded. Move, he said gently, and Cass stepped back watching as Dean manoeuvred his bike over the curb, pulling into a dark space. He cut the engine and it purred and popped for a moment before going silent, and Cass heard him step off the bike his shadow a darker outline against the shadows of the dim corridor. He raised his hand and beckoned Cass over. Cass looked up and down the street and crossed a short distance toward Dean. His breathing picked up as he got closer and Dean smiled at him reassuringly. I'm rusty, Cass laughed nervously once they were close again and he could feel heat creeping up his neck. He couldn't see Dean's reaction because he was currently brushing the very top of his throat with his mouth and Cass felt his butterflies beat their wings at the walls of his stomach. Dean continued his way up, pressing his lips to the corner of his mouth again. He must have made a face because Dean was laughing against his cheek and walked him backwards until Cass's back pressed up against the wall of the alley. He gasped and Dean put his hands on his waist, rubbing circles with his thumb through his sweater, Cass's fingers pulling at the jacket, eyes squeezing shut. Relax, Dean repeated, a rush of breath on his skin, and Cass shuddered. His fingers tightened on Dean's jacket, the leather soft and pliant beneath his fingers, obviously well-worn. Go with the flow, Dean continued, the words ending in a chuckle. Cass tried to do as he was told. He loosened his hold and melted against the wall, and as he acclimatised, his smile surfaced. Dean pressed him closer, the heat rolling off of his body making up for the April chill. He gave a short nod and then Dean's lips were over his, and Castiel's hands involuntarily tightened on Dean's sleeves before he remembered to loosen them. His fingers fluttered for a moment before coming to rest on Dean's hips, sliding beneath the hem of his shirt. Dean made a soft noise, a sort of groan, and Castiel slipped his fingers into his belt loops, tugging him closer. Dean moved so easily in a blink they were flush, and it was sort of weird at first because Castiel didn't remember what he was supposed to be doing but the way that he could feel Dean smiling against his lips made his legs feel weak, and the way that he could feel Dean's hips against his own made his head swim. Dean laughed softly and pulled away, fingers searching beneath Cass's sweater and then untucking his shirt, and they were sliding on skin, leaving hot trails where they skated. It's all right, just we'll take it slow, okay? Cass nodded and Dean grinned, hands finding a firmer grip beneath the shirt and resting on his hips the cool air against his skin making Cass shudder slightly. When Dean moved in to kiss him harder, Cass moved with him, leaning forward the slightest bit and capturing Dean's lips with his own. It spurred Dean on, hands moving and gliding over his sides and lower back, and Cass slid his fingers through Dean's hair, gasping, giving Dean the chance to lick into his mouth. Dean's glasses smushed against his face, angling awkwardly across his eyes, but Cass couldn't find it in him to care. Their tongues tangled and Cass let his hands rest on the back of Dean's neck, holding him close. Dean pushing his hands farther up Cass's shirt, ghosting over the skin of his stomach, fingers bumping over his ribs, pulling the shudder out of him. Cass moaned, and Dean withdrew one of his hands only to pull on his hair, tugging it just the right way that had Cass pressing against him, chin angling so they slotted together more fully. His shoulders were biting into the brick his nails scraping at the short hairs at the base of Dean's skull. Something was lit under him. He could feel it, a sudden devouring need to be closer. He panted against Dean's mouth, 
but Dean only allowed him a second before he pulled back into the slick slide of his tongue, their breaths passing into one another, their hands gripping hard at each other. It went on and on until finally Cass realised they had stopped, and he was staring at Dean, and Dean was grinning, obviously pleased. So much for going slow, Dean laughed, his voice deep and hoarse. Cass could feel his cheeks grow hot with embarrassment. Well, Cass coughed lightly. I mean, I may not have been on a date, but I guess I have more experience in that department. He slid his palms down Dean's chest, fingers curling around the front of his leather jacket, glancing up through his lashes. You're good, though, he nearly purred, leaning in just a hair, considering what it would mean to kiss him again. Very good. Well, I'm glad I could appease you. Me too. Cass let go of Dean's jacket, but before he could move to do it himself, Dean had already adjusted his frames, straightening his glasses on his face. He let his hands linger on the sides of Cass's face, gazing at him adoringly, making Cass's stomach squirm. So, are you going to take me home now? Mm, I don't know. Maybe we could go back to my place. I just met you, Dean. Don't be an ass about this. Okay, okay. Dean laughed and he pulled away, moving towards his motorcycle, while Cass straightened himself out. He ran a hand through his hair, smoothing it back down and smoothed his hands over the front of his sweater, attempting to make himself at least a little presentable, just in case they ran into someone he knew. Dean started up his motorcycle and Cass moved over to climb onto the back of it, wrapping his arms around his waist and holding tight when Dean pushed off. His arms tightened when they went over the curb, and he swore that he could hear Dean laughing over the roar of the engine. Lights streamed past quickly, Dean obviously ignoring the speed limit, but the ride was smooth and exhilarating, and Cass leaned back slightly to actually enjoy the ride. They drove for a ways before Dean spoke, and Cass almost had to struggle to hear him over the engine. So where do you live? What? Where do you live? Cass glanced around, trying to focus on a street sign before they passed it, before his attention was caught by the liquor store that marked the block from his apartment. Its neon sign flickered up ahead. About two streets away and Cass put his hand on Dean's shoulder to get his attention as they approached. Make right on ten, Cass directed and Dean nodded, drifting into the other lane, cutting around the corner in an effortless turn. Cass watched for his building, pointing down the block at the bleak grey building on the corner. That one, he instructed. Way down there, where that truck is parked. Dean slowed, pulling toward the curb. He turned towards the building once they'd stopped looking up and Cass watched him, fixated on his profile. Which one? Cass glanced upwards and chuckled, not bothering to remove his hand from Dean's waist just yet. You can't see it from the street. I had a very nice view of an empty lot, he explained. Very exclusive. Ah, Dean exhaled, sweeping his eyes back down to Cass. Well, let's walk around. Show me. Cass stared at him intently. Why? He answered cautiously, trying to gauge Dean's interest. He pulled his hand off Dean's hip and scratched an invisible itch on his knee, blunt nails scraping on the fabric of his pants. Dean scoffed loudly and elbowed him physically, insisting he get off the motorcycle, which Cass did, still unsure when Dean followed, tucking his keys back into his jacket. Dean nodded at the spot where the sidewalk curved around the block. Go on, show me. Cass put his hands on his hips, blinking at Dean. You are stupidly bossy, you know that, he started, shaking his head as he gave Dean a once-over. Dean stared at him, his head going forward, expectantly, holding an arm outside towards the other side of the building. He waved his arm. After you? Cass rolled his eyes and started walking, shoving Dean's shoulders as he went by him. If you are doing this so you have a discreet place to kill me, I'll never forgive you, he grumbled, listening to the scrape of Dean's shoes as he followed. They walked in silence and then the field appeared, stereotypically urban with its discarded trees and half-down chain-link fence that rattled as Cass stepped over it and into the shin-high grass. Be careful, there could be all sorts of fun things, Cass said conversationally over the sound of crickets. Broken glass, old nails, rabid dogs lying in wait. Wait, there are dogs, Dean exclaimed, and there was a crunch as he stopped and Cass turned over his shoulder. Dean had his hands out of his pockets and held up in self-defence. I don't do dogs. Cass shook his head briefly. I was joking, he began, waving him on until they got to the point where Cass could show off his luxurious apartment. He gestured to the top left corner, jolting as Dean pressed right up behind him, dropping his mouth to his ear and then his neck, any notion of personal space neglected. I'm showing you, Cass yelped. Stop, stop, what if someone sees? Conscious of the windows right there. Anyone could look down and see, but, oh, that was part of the thrill, wasn't it? 
Dean pulling his collar aside to run his lips against the skin there, and the risk of someone opening the window and seeing, and Cass had to open his mouth again. Dean, he rushed, and Dean laughed darkly, lifting his head to follow Cass's hand. Sorry, came a breathy reply. Got distracted. Cass cleared his throat and pointed at the window. That one, fourth floor, he muttered, and Dean made some low noise of approval. Fire escape, he breathed. That's good. I can do a fire escape. What do you even mean? Cass retorted, trying to worm out of his grip. But Dean held him and he gave in to the lazy kisses right below his ear. His hand found Dean's on his torso and he covered it, Dean sighing into his neck. When can I see you again? Dean whispered, and Cass opened his eyes, not realising that he'd closed them. Dean's hand slid up his side and then back down, Dean bending over his shoulder, pressing his face against Cass. I want to take you home. Come home with me. Please. I can't, Cass interrupted sharply. Not tonight. I'm tired, and if we stay out here, someone will see us and call the police. Let him, came the reply, staring something in Cass's sides, and Dean's hands went up and down again, and Cass tilted his head, nosing at Dean's cheek. Let me take you home. I'll make it so good. I'll make it so good you'll forget all about being tired. I barely know you, Cass hushed. I'm no good at casual sex. He laughed self-deprecatingly, but Dean didn't seem to care. Dean was too busy ducking his head, playing with the edge of Cass's sweater. Well, then when can I see you again? Dean repeated, bashful, and Cass cocked his head in curiosity. Why do you want to see me again? He marveled, and Dean pulled back, staring at him in confusion. Cass turned and broke free from his arms. Why would you want to see me again? Dean ran a hand over his mouth and glanced at the grass. I know I'm not perfect, he shrugged. I know I'm far from it, but... Cass watched him swallow. Dean Winchester was being shy, and then he met Cass's eyes with complete sincerity. I'll be good to you. Give me a chance. I'll be really good to you. I want to be good to you. But why, Cass stressed, and Dean's eyes darkened. I don't know why, he bit, but it seems worth it. Cass's mouth fell open. You don't know anything about me, he sighed, rubbing his eyes. You just met me. I could be everything you hate. Bullshit. Cass risked the look and he took a deep breath, the grass shivering as Dean walked towards him, taking his face in his hands. Bullshit. You don't know that, Cass continued, shaking his head, pulling at Dean's wrists. This is stupid. You just met me. I just met you. We made out. So maybe I'm crazy about you, Dean insisted. God, if you weren't so stubborn, I'd change your mind. This isn't about sleeping with you, Cass grumbled, and Dean breathed a laugh, pushing their foreheads together. Listen to me, Dean whispered. I don't know what it is about you, but I'm already going nuts. I can feel it. I could do so good by you, baby. Give me a chance to do good by you. You'll hate me, Cass interrupted, and Dean shook his head. I could never. You will. I'm stubborn and cold, and I get irritated. Dean kissed him hard. You never fucking shut up, see? Cass whispered, and Dean kissed him again, stealing all the breath out of him. When can I see you? Friday, Cass conceded. You can see me Friday. That's one day to wait. What kind of music do you like? Dean asked, melting against him. Tell me everything. Tell me everything about you. Cass pulled back, his arms around Dean's neck. He brushed the hair out of Dean's face with the flat of his hand. I like Elvis, he grinned, and he felt crazy and reckless as he did so. Dean dipped down and kissed him as gently as Cass had ever been kissed in his life, and Cass curled towards him. Elvis, he repeated. I can dig Elvis. Cass swore as the kiss deepened, the grass rustling with a cold breeze, Cass only finding a reason to stop when light broke the dark from someone's window. You've got to go, Cass muttered, against Dean's persistent mouth and frantic hands his lips tingling and feeling too warm. You can't. You have to go. His voice felt slow and syrupy and Dean resisted when he tried to push away, but he released him, finally. Cass stood breathing heavily, Dean leaning in to touch his lips one last time, incapable of denying himself. Friday, he said, and Cass nodded, and then he was watching Dean's back as he left. His mind was blank for a blessed moment, Dean disappearing around the corner. He remained still until the roar of the engine faded down the street, Cass following, staggering up the stairs to the fourth floor.
He passed right outside his door and leaned his head against it, forehead pressed to the wood. The hinges let out a slight rusted squeak. Friday. Thank you for listening and manifesting this alternate universe together. We'd love to hear from you, so please send us a message on our Instagram or Tumblr at auniversepodcast or send us an email at auniversepodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to support us in our quest at making fanfiction more accessible, please consider donating to our Patreon. Thank you for listening and goodbye, friends.